That's the problem with that dude. I don't like him. Like that. <laughs> I really don't like. I've been just because he just he talks shit for no reason. There was just a lot of rudeness geared towards you. I said, oh. "Yo, I've been getting I've been getting shitted on all day, bro. I've been getting shitted on by people all day, and I, you know I, what? I'm sick and tired of it. I think I, I, like I think it. that's not that's how I know I'm not feeling my greatest right now is because I actually feel bad for you a little bit. I'm ashamed. What's I up, James? Yo, let's get this drink started. Uh, let's talk about DC reopening. Let's go. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. With it. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. Spit out the trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab. Get it. That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it. That's where I'm mad. Okay, you chasing clock on no way your shit turn. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's the I'm Get In Trouble podcast. Your boy, Eddie Lyles. Turns jizz in the building. Yeet, yeet, skeet, we, skeet. we have Mr. James Gagan. Mr. James Gagan on the podcast. What's up, Gagan? What's going on, homie? Yeah. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. <laughs> so, How about you? If anybody hasn't uh, seen James on the podcast before, hey, James, turn your uh, speaker down because it's, it's giving feedback right now. Okay. Yep. I'll go. Uh, so if you haven't seen James on the podcast before, James is uh, the GM and booker at uh, DC Comedy Loft in Washington, DC. Um, he's a, actually a good friend of mine. Uh, kind of helped me start with promotion and like putting put me in check when I thought I was a big shot. <laughs> like before I was a big shot. Um, but either way, James has been, if you haven't been following James online, James has been given multiple updates on what's going on in D.C. and the different things around D.C. Uh, as far as opening. So we wanted to check in with him, you know what I'm saying, and talk about the reopening of D.C. Comedy Loft as well as – we got you – as well as, uh, you know what I'm saying, what's going on in D.C. So, like, welcome, everybody. Welcome, James Gagan. Um, so what is what is the deal with D.C. right now? Well, now it's business as usual. It's 100% open now. Uh, they're leaving it up to you whether you want to enforce mask wearing or any of the COVID restrictions. But otherwise, it is back to pre-pandemic life. I mean, we had our first shows this past weekend. Uh, DC Improv has been doing them since April. And then you've got the Arlington Draft House has been doing it, I think, August was when they started back up. Yeah. So, but uh, yes, as of June 11th, it's a free-for-all. Have you guys yeah. had any issues, like COVID-related illnesses, anything since the opening? No, okay. Uh, we, I mean, we won't knock on wood. We've only been the, the one weekend. Good. Um, still, that's still but, a success. Yeah. I just – it was just nice to get back up and running. We're taking this week off because we had some – Staffing shortages. <laughs> Jesus, man, that's yeah. That, I mean, that's the new. That's the new thing, right? Is everybody? That's a new thing now. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on with like getting people back in. Yeah. Like so, would it? I mean, like, are y'all? How how are y'all? How are y'all? How are y'all recruiting right now? I like y'all. Like I doing. Yeah, I'm putting you on mute because what's the name is going. Like we can hear the feedback on it. Um. Yeah, your mic, your mic is picking us up for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no. So, but I was asking, like, is how are y'all going about trying to recruit people to get into the 
into the restaurants because I know that's like a big thing everywhere right now. Well, the service-wise, it was actually fairly straightforward. We were actually able to get all the servers and bartenders we needed. It was really like cooks and everything else. But it looks like after this week, we should be all the way caught back up. We just um, we're also hiring a sales manager um, to kind of get started and help with some of the private reservations and outside sales and things like that. And that was really something we didn't necessarily have in place. I was trying to wear all those hats at first. Right. And just trying to diversify what we do because we're also looking, getting back to looking at a second location too. So. So you guys, so you guys are actually going to open up the second location even after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it. I don't know what the time, I don't have a timeline on it at all. Nice. Um, Cause I know they're look they're looking at possibly something else in DC, but if they do in DC, it won't be strictly comedy. It would be like an entertainment venue of some kind. Right. Um, but we're also looking at some other markets like possibly Pittsburgh or something like that. Also taking a bit of a distance. Okay, good, good, good. So, <laughs> so James, you book for the comedy loft as well, correct? Right. I do all the, everything for the, uh, the space in general, yeah. I book the headliners all the way through the local shows. So one of the things that we always talk about on here is it always, it, it takes more than just the funny. And I'm sure we've seen you comment even on that when that subject comes up, that it takes more than just being funny. What is that more for you as, as James for the DC comedy loft? Well, part of it is social media engagement, especially for headliners. So if we're talking strictly headliners or, something like that. A lot of it is social media engagement, not necessarily the raw number of this is how many followers, but how much those Ooh. followers are engaging with you. Cause that usually translate in translates into how they will buy tickets, how readily they'll buy tickets. I mean, somebody like a, we've got, I think I just lost everybody. Um, somebody like a Brandon Wardell who we've got coming in July. He doesn't have the biggest numbers, but he looks like he's going to sell out at least he's going to sell out one show that's on a Tuesday. We'll probably end up having to add uh, at least one, if not two more shows. And we still have two and a half weeks. Mm. Yeah. So like what my thing is, is right now, because we already know, like I promote a lot of I promote a lot of shows in D.C. And one of one of the best venues that I use is up is is close by. But I, I do DuPont Underground, which I got a show at tomorrow. And one of the things that I started recognizing is. Is everybody's like, oh, people are out here. Everybody wants to come out. Everybody wants to come out. But you got to find the people that actually want to come out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like uh, there's a lot of people who want to come out, but they really just want to go to clubs or they want to just go out with their friends. A lot of people aren't sitting down for comedy. And like, per se, like, do you, are you guys seeing that with y'all reopening and your ticket sales? Well, for us, it was it's a lot of figuring out what the demographic is. And, our, and gearing our ads and our promotion towards that. Because for us, every we we book a wide variety, diverse variety, yeah. kind of headliner, which means that we could be like with Michael Blaustein last week, that is an early 20s to mid 20s audience. It's mm -hmm. not going to be the same avenues of promotion. I mean, we don't have to do, hit the radio hard or TV like we would with an older comic, like say a phase on love or mm -hmm. radio and TV. And Facebook are really the way to go, as opposed to with Michael, where it was more TikTok and Instagram. So it's also right. figuring out where to promote and what kind of demographic you're going for. Or if, if it's a local showcase, seeing what you 
looking at the analytics of what you've drawn in the past mm-hmm. and gearing your promotions towards that because every every campaign, which is called campaigns, yes. it should be different depending on who you're trying to draw in. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be the same cookie cutter every time. If you start falling into that trap, you do start seeing some attrition over time. Right. So like that I'm I'm so happy you hit that. Because that's one of the things, like, when people are asking me uh, to get on shows, and, and you can talk from a Booker standpoint of it, like, when a lot of people are asking me to get on shows, uh, one of the things that I always say is, I don't ask comics to promote, all right? I never, I don't, I, I just don't ask comics to promote my shows. But I do look at comics that promote, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, do, are you the same way as, like, yo, if you want to be a feature or a headline, you got to be a fucking draw here. If you're not gonna be a draw, then I can't just I can't just say, "Hey, he's funny. I'm gonna put him on." Like you have to be able to like this is a this entire game is a business. If you're not contributing to the business, other than that, I have to spend a crap ton of money and influence to get people here. You're not really not to be cold, but it's not worth me booking you. Is that is that fair to say? Right. I mean, because it's at a certain point, you're investing in their ability to put butts in the seats. Right. And while you don't want to necessarily, I mean, you can't obligate them to promote. You want them to be pushing it. You want to look at people where you're not going to have to stand over their shoulders. It's because that's just more work than you need it to be. If you're having to stand over, hey, like, I need you to post. I need you to post. I need you to say something. I need you to push the show as opposed to them just doing it. And that's also some of it's just being professional about it. Like if you're going to be on a show, mention that you're going to be on a show, especially if I'm paying right. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hey, dude. I say this every goddamn fucking week. <laughs> right? Like, hey, I don't like. I'm not going to ask. Like, I, I, I say this to uh, coworkers of mine. Like, I, I'm not asking them to promote the show, but I'm also not going to keep booking them if they're not promoting yeah. the show. Like, well, that's like it. it may, I remember the people who have promoted, and those are the ones who I I rebook more so, unless right. it's by request, like somebody gets requested. Like, it, but if right. you mention the show, you're mentioning you're on the show. I'm going to remember that, and you are going to get more bookings because of that. I mean, you also right. have to be funny. I can't. You just can't promote the show, can't get on stage, and then absolutely That's, shit the bed. Right, but right. So that and that was and I was actually about it. So that was the next thing that I was going to go to. Like, have you seen like a lot of the Instagram people that have been working throughout the pandemic online have you seen a lot of those guys like now asking more for bookings like are those the people that are coming in and like hey i know i can bring 50 because i've seen a lot of comedy clubs in recent days have a shit ton of fucking social media stars on their shit yeah well, especially, like, I mean, honestly especially if you're filling in your single nights I mean, you can do the more established acts that you're Thursday through Saturday, Thursday through Sunday, but then you use right. those social media guys on your off nights. And that's what a lot of clubs do. I mean, that's what mm. a lot of clubs use, like the Hodge Twins or Jason Banks's of the world. Right. Um, mm. Delays of the world, where it's you f- use those guys who have these strong social media accounts to fill in your off nights. Right. Because otherwise, you're, you're taking a shot on maybe this traveling podcast or maybe this variety show but at least with social mm-hmm. you know with these social media guys especially if they have high engagements they've got a dedicated fan base it's just whether they can tap into it from social media into a live show now do you guys still do like some of the other variety shows out that way like i know for a while there uh there was burlesque shows there was 
uh, certain fashion shows? Are you guys still doing things like that? Or is it solely comedy there now? So with the shuttered venues grant that we got, or that we are getting, um, we cannot do anything that is sexual, sexually explicit. So burlesque or anything in that range for at least while we have the grant. So basically through at least the end of the year. But even then, burlesque did not draw as very well. I mean, for us, we have to do at least $3,000 to have justified op- turning the lights on and bringing staff in. And when you only put 25 butts in the seats, well, they're not going to spend enough money to spend 3000 I mean, right, we're right, even right. having to look for at, sure. like for us coming out of the pandemic, we're even having to look at how we structure deals and how we are going to do things with um, even local shows. Like we're going to have to right. look at how we structure that just because we have to ensure, especially if we do open the second location in Pittsburgh or Louisville or one of the cities that we're looking at, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be to the point where if we open it, it has to make money. It can't be just mm-hmm. what we were doing before because we're not going to be open seven days a week. We're going to be closed on right. Monday, Tuesdays, unless it's like a private rental or like a special event where we just have to be open for it. Right. Just because it, if we're open, we have to make money. And that's just the, and, but that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, cause we also don't have the hotel right now to fall back on mm. because that probably won't open until at least August. And even then who knows when business travel, which is a major part of the hotel industry when that returns. Right. So you're taking out 50% of the revenue from the company yeah, because yeah, yeah. Of that. I mean, we were 50, a little, we were a little bit more than 50%. We were, and then they were another million dollars on top of that. Right, 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 right. So, the, so, the, so is that like the hotel industry? Is it, is it shot? Like the hospitality industry is shot mostly because of the labor situation. A lot of it is because of the labor situation. <laughs> People just don't have employees to go to work. And I know a lot of like, and I, I, I'll step, I'll stop one point and just to tag on this. A lot of people are saying like, I keep hearing people being like, oh, people don't want to go back to work because they get unemployment. People don't want to go back to go to work because they get unemployment. A lot of people are looking for better jobs. Let's just be honest. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the hospitality industry doesn't really get, we're not France. We're not Italy. We don't have that many professional servers in the U.S. Like in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? Like and when I say professional servers, I mean like mother, mother suckers who make six figures as a server. You know what I'm saying? Like they go to school to be a server. Like we don't have the we don't have that many of them in the U.S. Right, um, so when everybody's like, "Oh, people just don't want jobs," I'm like, "That's not the whole. That's not the totality of this." You know what I'm saying? The situation is, is a lot of people are looking for better jobs or whatever the, the whatever the case might be. So, are you got like, is it is it is the hospitality industry in D.C. having that same issue where it's like something you got like for whatever reason you guys are just not getting the applicants and you're not being able to service people the way that you kind of need to to keep business coming in so for us we were lucky because basically every employee we have is part-time people come in to comedy clubs it's not their full-time job unless you're a manager or you're one of the technical staff but for a lot of restaurants in dc and hospitality in general you weren't making a living wage a lot of times being that server or anything else i mean in dc what the last estimate I saw in D.C., you had to make 84000 a year to be able to afford the average rent in D.C. for a one-bedroom. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, not making – you're basically right. – basically to make $84,000, you are making almost, what, fifteen, almost 2000 2000 a week. Yeah. I mean, 
I, no, I'm not, not a, a little bit less, but I'm, yeah. It's, I mean, it's yeah, lot, you're yeah. not quite making 1500 but you're, yeah. Uh, but regardless, there's not a lot of serving jobs that pay that, unless you're going to like somewhere that's more established, like a, a Ebbets Grill, which is one of the highest grossing restaurants in the country right. at right. like 35 million a year. Or you're going to somewhere like a little diplomat that's got a huge local following or something like that. But overall, most servers probably make 40 or less a year. Yeah. And how you like you're gonna have to have multiple roommates. And how do you raise a family on that? So I mean, with us, like I said, with us, it's different because we're a comedy club, so most people are working just to spare can't change or be able to work during shows. Or for the average restaurant, I mean, it's pretty we DC was already having a high our staffing shortage prior to the pandemic. Prior, yeah. All, the, yeah, all it's done that. is taking that already shortage and turning it into a full blown industry wide yeah. issue. Basically, it just what yeah. DC was already suffering. It basically took a national and just exacerbated what DC was already going through. And that's why you're seeing places like Two Amy's switch everything to everyone's an hourly employee and they're charging you a service charge instead. So where they can yeah. basically pay, take that back and pay for payroll. Yeah. I mean that like I, I saw a friend of mine was actually who owns a restaurant was just talking to me about this, that grat is about to be a thing. And I know like they used to make it so that if you did gratuity, the business got charged for it, right? So, they, so, they so what it is, law, so right? the, yeah, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. If you do it as gratuity, that has to go to the server, but you can take out whatever your credit card processing is. Right. On the opposite end, if you do it as a service charge, the restaurant can do whatever the hell they want with it. So that's okay. it's a little misleading. Like you see a service charge on there, that mm. the owner of that establishment, whether a company or the individual can do whatever they want with it. So there are certain right. places, I forget the name, but there's a barbecue place in DC. They paid every they're paying everybody 18 to 20. And they're using they're charging a service charge of 22% in all checks. But what they're doing that goes fully to payroll and they're also offering full health for everybody. Yeah. So that's another way people are doing it where they're doing full benefits and paying you hourly and then charging a service charge but and they're non-tipping. And that might be, honestly, that could be the way the entire industry goes is models like that where you go in, you're getting charged a service charge so that the basic, but that goes right back into payroll. Jesus. So, damn. This shit, it's it's kind of worse than, I, than we thought, huh? Like, if you got to go that route. I mean, if, we, if, like, for us to adopt that kind of model, we'd have to do another million a year, which is possible. I mean, with the right action, we could. I mean, you, but really, you had you almost have to be for it to be reasonable for you to pull a profit. You really need to be a club that does at least two and a half, three million a year. Um, and we were closer to two before prior to the pandemic. So it's just, it's one of those things that if you if you can hit those numbers, then you can charge a service charge, and that twenty percent charge service charge covers all that payroll, and it makes sense. Otherwise, you want to try to if you're charging a service charge, it really should be going to covering some kind of payroll if you that's what you're putting it on the checks for. Mm. And I mean, because so, that's yeah. another thing that you're seeing is like I saw an article in the Washington Post. They're talking about the average tips have also dropped. When we yeah, I was just about to, I was literally about to go over that, like yeah. because you know what I'm saying in my industry, like at my store, like we have the same situation right now where it's like. We're looking at like and most people like let's just be honest, right? Most servers claim credit card; they don't claim cash. Right. But 
we've seen a we've seen a significant drop in just credit card tips where people like you'll see like and and, and we're talking about on on an average check right every blue moon i have a, i have a, i have really good customers where i'm at where they'll give some of my people like twenty dollar tips forty dollars tips, but they're doing it literally because they're trying to make up for so many right. people are like doing two dollar tips on forty dollar orders where it used to be like a a eight dollar tip or a ten dollar tip, you know what I'm saying? Like the it, the the system is really is getting really bad out here. But I mean, there are people that are making waves, so I, I want to shout those people out. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard. So I I mean, I feel I feel for y'all bleeding hard over there, man. Like that, like this is gonna be a this is gonna be a situation. I mean, and I think uh, I think we're gonna be make it through, right? I think that's fair to say. Like DC of all places is like. New York and and, and and I won't say Cali. I was about to say Cali, but I, I don't know how Cali's going to fare. Um, but I think like D.C., New, uh, New York type places, um, major city places are going to find a bounce back. It's just going to take a while. Like I think like 2022. What are your thoughts? I saw, I've seen reports saying closer to like 2024, then you'll see a normalization of some kind. But what that normal what that normal is, who knows? I mean, because they're talking like that's also based on. For, especially for D.C., business travel is a major part of the economy in D.C. And they're not expecting business travel to return to any kind of normalcy till at least 2024. Just because and that's a lot of that's because what we're doing now or can we can do online meetings and I don't have to go into a studio to do a podcast anymore. We can do it online or you they can all, a lot of your conventions. They could all be through Zoom or Microsoft team or whatever the case may be. So that's changing the way, and we do business. So we're we've been lucky. The first weekend we saw a major boost in sales from what we've seen in the past, especially over summers. But it's going to come to a point where if tourism doesn't return to DC really strong, you are going to see more attrition through the hospitality. And like in downtown, they're saying downtown did in 2020 did 15 percent of its revenues from the previous 2019 and they had, and there is no estimate of when that may return because a lot of that is because people are now working remotely. So you don't have all the offices. So what used to be a major revenue driver for taxes in DC is that the downtown office area is non-existent. So with, with like the, like you said, the Zooms and the Microsoft Teams and all of that, you know, they've even got the comedy shows out there, right? I don't mm -hmm. love them. Eddie don't love them. They're different. But it. that's still a thing. Even as we've continued to open up, those are still very much a thing because people use them for the international aspect and multicultural type of, of comedy. How do you see the internet age shaping comedy going forward as a comedy club owner do you think it's going to affect you at all i think it's going to be very difficult to replicate the feeling in a comedy club that said you are going to have people who prefer it i mean you've got let's say who's one of the ones that are still on rush ticks they started out by doing a lot of headliners and stuff you see now they've they've pivoted and it's all variety shows it's mm. all these gimmicky little things to where you can see the major headliners, they want to go back to theaters. They want to go back to the clubs. So that's oh, also yeah. on them, too. Now you've got other places like Encore Drive-In that are trying a new thing where they want to live stream shows, like actual show, go to the actual show, set up, live stream it to drive-ins. like Because I guess they have 300 
And I can see that being more prevalent to where you're still able to gather and you're watching a live show, but you're watching it through in a drive-in or a movie theater at 300 different locations. And I, but I, I, I think the days. What? Of, yeah. So that's a new thing. And they did, I was talking to one of the uh, officers of that company. They did 17 million last year and they expect to double that this year. Excuse me. My, I got, I got, uh, I got acid in my stomach. Hold on. So, <laughs> I got so basically, what they're doing, they're coming stomach. out with deals. That they don't just do comedy; they do a bunch of different stuff. But okay. they're going and make, making deals with these artists. Like whatever your last concert is on this tour, we want to go in and live stream it to these theaters, these other movie theaters, and like five, like we'll what pay is that, you that a percentage. What? You remember like that? You remember like you go to certain movies and they would have like the little Pfizer. I don't know what the fuck it was called, but they would like do like old school movies. Like they would bring back Gone with the Wind, or they would do like an anime movie oh, or something yeah. like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They yeah. So they're doing that type. They just have to doing that because they used to do live. Yeah. They used to do live Broadway shows too. They would do well, like. It's kind of like the live Broadway show, yeah. Where it's kind of like that, yeah. but the broad that they would do whatever the last day of your run is. That way, you're not interfering with any with the coming tickets. Right. And they're gonna they simulcast basically they're simulcasting that to. 300 different they're doing drive-ins it's 300 different drive-ins in canada and the u.s but don't you think that's going to be awkward though like I, 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 now during the pandemic i think everybody gave exception to everything some things are going to stick around right yeah. like us doing the podcast has worked this way and even when even when a lot of people started meeting back up like because you remember at first this became a big thing when people couldn't come out the house when they were telling everybody right, stay in the house right. for like two months and then a lot of podcasts started going back to like their studio offices or studio center, and and some state just like this, and they they kept going because a lot of the podcasts. Let's just be honest, a lot of people started podcasts during the pandemic, and when the pandemic started breaking down, a lot of those podcasts went the fuck away. Like, and I'm talking about celebrities here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think Cam Newton had a podcast for a second. Like, I don't know if he's still doing it, but I haven't seen it as much. Um. But you got like TV shows, like you got First Things First. First Things First is still doing this, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they're still broadcast because they don't want to go back to the, the studio. Um, so with that being said, like I think like these type of things, like broadcasting and, and, and interviews and everything like that, will stay this way. But comedy, like you want to like how many people really watch comedy specials in the first place? You think like you think that's gonna stay a thing to be like Hey, we're gonna go to a drive-in movie theater and watch a comic special. I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, it's an interesting concept to me. I don't know how much, how many legs it has. I think it's more so app that's more suitable for like music concerts because that's something that we've seen in the past, right, where, right, right. where mm -hmm. movie theaters will simulcast. Like Michael Jackson, they've done that before, where they simulcast some of his last concerts. And I know uh, Elton John's done that where they've simulcast in the theaters, yeah. but that's also more music and it's less comedy. Because you don't need to be in the room with, with music. Right, like, right. Stand up specials, like, okay, we have some of the greats who do stand up specials, but like, and I always use this as an example. I have never liked, I've, no, no, I want to say I've never, in comparison, liked Eddie Griffin's specials on camera. But him live, there's nobody like him, bro. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, there's, like, the two things. Like, I can watch his special, 
But like seeing him live is way, 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 way better. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like that that feeling in the room of when you watch him. Now there's some comics who can do specials, and it's just you know what I'm saying. It's cool. It's, it, we just know them for specials. Dave Chappelle, right? right? Like like it's a hundred and twenty dollar ticket. So unless you saved your money or you catch him on a on a pop up, you ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people right. aren't going. Like you know what I mean? But Eddie Griffin, who's still a a top celebrity, a fifty dollar, sixty dollar ticket ain't that bad. You know what I mean? Like to watch one of the greatest people on stage. Like, come on. Yeah. Because I think we're charging forty when he comes in December. Man, I got. I already got my ticket, bro. What you talking about? <laughs> I think it's forty. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, and there are some. I mean, for example. One of my good friends in comedy is Paul Mercurio, who used to be on The Daily Show. Seeing mm. him live is unreal. You see some of his clips, and they're very hit or miss. Right. But I've never seen him miss live. Mm. So, yeah, but also, it's hard to like yeah. get the feeling of the like get that feeling of the room and to, and la in person laughter is also infectious. Where you get a group laughing, all of a sudden everybody starts laughing. You just have to get that first you, hit. You got the whatever rhythm. part of your you, joke hits first. You've got the flow of the show. You've got how they yeah. deliver all of that. There's there's a way that it hits. There's a rhythm that it follows. Whereas the clips, it cuts into that. Is yeah. is is that something that you do as far as promoting? Like, do you do? promotional clips, you know, flyer clips, things like that. Are you even on social media that heavy to, to do that stuff um, outside of the promotion for shows? I mean, our Facebook has a pretty sizable following. I think we're at like 12,000 on Facebook. Yeah. But then our, the rest of it, I think Twitter's at like 2,500. And then we have 36, 3,700 on Instagram. So not small numbers, but a lot of our interaction through there is – paid advertising um but we we do when we post about a big act it the analytics jump off the charts for it when we tag them because it also shows up on other people's feeds when you're scrolling yeah, through yeah. and you see that comedian has been tagged by this venue that pops up so with facebook it's a little more not so organic it's a, it forces you almost as a venue to have to pay for stuff unless mm -hmm. unless you already follow us it doesn't do us like the only way you're going to find out about us is if we do paid advertising. And right. so a lot of that, it just, and like I alluded to at the beginning, in that a lot of us, if we, how heavily we do Facebook versus Instagram is determined by the demographic that we're going for. And a lot of that's just age An older. If you're in that late thirties or older, you're more apt to use Facebook or if you're younger, TikTok and Instagram are really your go-to's. So and obviously with the, the the extent that TikTok has exploded, it'll be interesting to see how much that converts. I mean, Michael Blasting, yeah. that's where he's really big is his social media following is huge on it. TikTok, that's yeah. a lot of his. And we saw that this past weekend. We've got a couple other one nighters with people coming up that are like TikTok comedians just to kind are of test the waters on that. Y'all getting so Sky Ice? You getting Sky Ice? No. Don't do my man like that. Why is everybody do that? <laughs> well, we had Scott. He's gonna be a, a beast. Show once upon a time, and he no showed. So I'm not yeah. gonna risk that yeah, on a headliner and have Ooh. a headliner no show. So all right, so all right, so DC's back in 2024. Like I'm, and, that, and like, and the reason why my eyes were scrolling like that is one because I was like, I don't see my date 
for when I'm supposed to be featuring at all on here. Um, but two, like, uh, what are you going to be doing? Like, you guys got like a lot of heavy bangers. What you like, uh, like coming through? Y'all got Eddie Griffin. Y'all got Titus. Y'all got Phase on Love. Y'all got uh shoot let's go to the listen the lower not the lower guys so y'all got tk kirkland who's my homie uh um bobcat uh godwin like so you guys oh. are going to be yeah go play go, go play are you gonna say I'm my like, last name <laughs> did i say i said godwin i did say godwin then listen no, 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 i'm not white man, <laughs> I mean, we got, we got yesterday, i kept saying the sib <laughs> I kept saying Nassib, and his thing is name is Nassib. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, but we've I mean, got like yeah, David White Jr. and Senior coming. We yeah. have a huge, yeah, especially Shante starting Williams, in August. Yeah. It really ramps up. So, mm. so I mean, so like, I mean, the hope is like you think it's going. Like, I, I, I'll be honest. You hit on it a little bit earlier. The summer sucks in DC for comedy. Yeah, like it's the fucking. Like, and I tell people this shit all the time. Like, even with us doing the DuPont's uh, Underground tomorrow, like, I was like, I, like, can we just hold off? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we literally push, I think we're doing one show tomorrow, um, and then we don't have a show for two months. Like, we not we don't have a show July or August. We come back in September. Mostly because I, like, I'm, like, coming out of a pandemic, I get it. A lot of people want to go out. I don't trust the summer, man. Like, it's something about the fucking summer. Yeah, I mean, for it's us, comedy that pisses me we off. So, we did really poor. Our worst month was July last year. Mm-hmm. Since we've been doing comedy, was July, not last year, 2019. Um, and that was our well, worst. I was say, last year, it was everybody's yeah, worst month. Everybody's worst month. <laughs> but I mean, our worst, story, we did terribly July. We had a good Fourth of July weekend, and then the rest of the month just shit the bed. Yeah. But I mean, it's one of those we've seen if over the summers, if we book a name that's going to draw, it draws regardless it draws. of the time of year. Yeah. But we're not yeah. going to be able to book just anybody and it just fill the room. It's it's a lot more work to put the asses in the seats over the summer than in a September, October, Oof. November. And then obviously like December, it. you've got those first two weeks are great. Yeah. And then the closer you get to Christmas, the more difficult it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like, and that's, I just was telling this to somebody else. Like, I'm like, dude, so July, August, I shut down. I really don't even like June. For real, for real, I would take June, July, and August. The end of August, I start because September is like the boom. It's like all the kids are back in college. Everybody's back at work. Everybody came back from vacation already. Like if they went on vacation early in the year, in the, in the summer months, they didn't recoup their money from vacation a little bit. If they went late, then, you know what I'm saying? Like you'll catch them at the end of September, like so on and so forth. Um but yeah, like December and January. Oh my God, it is a waste of fucking money, bro. Like unless yeah, you got last, a New Year's party, like it's like yeah, the New Year's Eve shows always show. do. Yeah, New Year's right. Eve always does well. Um, we've done well historically, even the second week in June or June, mm, Jesus, January, January, because we use that's when we usually have Jackie Fabulous. Right, 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 right. Shout out so Jackie Fabulous. Historic, historically, we've done well. Like Jay, we're also in a basement. So we do better when the weather is not great. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I mean that that the week going into Christmas and the weekend of that is Christmas this year. Christmas yeah. is Friday and Saturday. We still haven't decided what the hell we're doing, whether we're closed or open, or we I'm have no idea. It's one of those things that unless we can get a name that's worth putting <laughs> oh, in there, okay. it's yeah. Gonna you better be get shut. a you better get a Jewish guy. Oh, 
Like, I'm not even trying to be racist. You better get a Jewish guy. <laughs> like, like, bro, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, because <laughs> when I was talking, I've talked to some agents in the industry, and they were like, there are a couple of clubs that are opening that are doing it, but it's mostly because right. they're putting the biggest name they could find in there on just offering the biggest Crazy package money. they can yeah. on the back end and just saying, hey, we're just going to open. We don't know what's going to happen. Because a lot of the movie theaters do really well on Christmas. So, but just nobody, this yeah. is not really something we've seen in a while where. Well, Christmas comedy. is on a Friday and Saturday, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Like, all right. So, what do you think? Like with DC, though, right? So a lot of what was the percentage of places that I think me and you were talking about it, but I can't remember the numbers. Like, they estimated the that fifty percent of, of restaurants closed during the pandemic, oh and then they could see another ten percent on top of that close because rents. A lot of people were able to get their rents deferred. Up until fairly recently, but they all are going to get. They're going to have to pay all of it. It's going to get all owed all at once, or maybe you can owe it over a three, four month period. But all of a sudden, you're you owing pay. a year, fifteen months worth of rent all in three at months. Once. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. So we so we're looking at a lot more like closures and stuff coming. Like it's yeah. like it's not over. No, you're going to see a lot of. I think what I think is going to happen. You're going to see a lot more established places go under. That have been around for a few years, and then but you're going to see a lot of new places pop up too because you're already starting to see that. What is a yeah. DC has a hundred new restaurants that have opened or opening in the opening over the past sixty days going forward till the end through the end of the year. They're expecting yeah, everybody, at least hundred. A lot. I, I do. I know this for a fact. Like a lot of people who like had little restaurants, right? Like mm -hmm. they 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 basically shut shut their stuff. They got their loans and stuff together, and then they're like walking away from one restaurant and opening up another. And then you have, and then you have a lot of people who were already thinking about getting in the restaurant business, and then the pandemic happened, and so now they have all of that money that they were going to spend, and everything's a lot cheaper, so they can still open yeah. up. But I mean, like, I wouldn't say that there's a smart play. I mean, I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody. I think it's never really a smart play to open up a restaurant. It's just a, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lucky play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Most 50% of restaurants shut down the first year anyway. And then another 50% after that, 50 the other, the the remaining 50% shut down in the first three years. Like, it's like, yeah. the numbers I mean, DC, are crazy. DC, to its credit, supports a lot of its local establishments to where you don't have that as quick turnover in DC as you do in the mm. US in general, but this pandemic just put all of that, all the rules got set aside for that. I mean, but you are able to go in right now because commercial real estate is having some issues in DC and workout yeah. deals where maybe your first two or three months is, are free in a new location. So why would I keep running this location where I owe 15 months? Right. I to say the business right. closed, we can't pay you and right. go across town and open and up and another business. where I've got the first three months, I've got a cushion yeah. where I can make money. Yeah. No. So I mean, what do you, you think? Street Music Hall closed, and you've yeah, got that was, that was literally about to say that because we like yeah. me and you all. What's the name? Was like he was like I said I want to open a comedy club. He was like you Street Music Hall closed. You can buy that. No, I can't. No, <laughs> yeah, no, you can't buy. That's not for sale. We actually asked about. You know the space. I mean? Rent it out. Yeah, rent it oh, out. But yeah, 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 that rent is not happening because yeah, we that rent is we, we budget for basically like bro. twenty five thousand a month, and they're asking thirty six thousand plus utilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like no, no, you're basically no. getting to pay close to like forty two thousand for that space a month. A month, no. a month. Like literally, I looked, I broke down the numbers, and I was like, and you're Yo, basically I would have to make ten grand basically. a week. 
Yeah, like you. Yeah, it, it would be dumb. Like you're, that's not paying labor. Oh no, I mean, you, you're paying basically eight grand a week, give or take. Yeah, and that's you've got to make that in pure profit, which means you've got to make five times that in sales. So you got to do forty thousand a week to break even, basically, more or less break even. Right. I mean, that's you know, like the, what? the numbers was just crazy. But that was, I mean, like that's the thing, right? Like in DC, it's like. If you open up a business in DC, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can take advantage of. Um, um, systems in the in the city and the government that are like helping out to try to bring DC back. But you gotta make a good amount of money in DC to fucking stay open. Well, that like, was the thing. I I thought yeah. DC's you would see a drop in the commercial rents and, and they only increased. They went in, they increased over the pandemic. They didn't because go because everybody's being greedy. Everybody's being yeah. like, and I'm being real, like everybody's being yeah. greedy at this point. Like everybody had a pandemic, uh, everybody went through the pandemic. A lot of people took out SBA loans. I still haven't gotten mine. Um, <laughs> SBA SBA uh, gave out some money that you got to pay back. Um, PPP loans and all this other stuff. But all of that stuff, a lot of these people have to pay a lot of it back. And they didn't make any money during that time that the right. pandemic was going on. So it's like they're all shooting for the stars to hopefully make their money up. And I'm like, dude, you kind of need to relax, bro. Like, you everybody went through this shit, so you have two trade, and it's, it it does suck. It sucks balls, right? Because if you charge too much, you're not going to get as many people. But if you charge too low, then your back your back rent ain't going to be paid. Right. So it's like, where's the sweet spot? And I think this is one of those times where it's like the sweet spot is not clear. Like you know what I'm saying? Like no, I mean like, it's going to take time for you to realize, puss. With a lot of DC, a lot of places they have the restaurant or the retail in the street level, and then you've got offices above it. With offices going a lot remote, they're going to have yeah, to increase that uh, retail rent just because a it's riskier because obviously right. when offices rent, they usually rent for a long time right. and they don't leave retail. You're going to have to charge a premium because you don't have the offices as a steady income. And you've got the increased risk of they already run such tight, small margins where they, a well-run restaurant makes 10% at the end of the day. Right. So if you got one that's not well-run, and most of them, well, let's be honest, most restaurants are not, not well-run. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so where they may, if they're lucky, they're breaking even. And there's just that inherent risk. So you're going to have, as the landlord, you have to charge a premium for that. I mean, what the DC right now, the average is something either it's either 50 or $60 per square foot per year is the average yeah. retail rent, which means that for even like a thousand square feet, which is a small apartment, but you see bars in that you're still paying 6,000 6, a month yeah. just on <laughs> basically an apartment to put your bar in. Right. And then you're not even including liquor. And like a lot of people don't like people that don't run restaurants have no idea what we go through. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, like, I think you you just hit on it. Most people don't know that yeah. restaurants only like a good restaurant takes home around between 10 and 15% right. of total revenue. Right. So if I do a million, I just did a million dollars in sales, I only take home like 150. Most places aren't doing a million. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of places are doing like 300,000, 250 for the year. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, that's 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 this, that's like five thousand dollars a week in sales. That's crazy. So, yeah, well, it's like, like, for instance, like oh, when we applied for the SBA loan, 
yeah. you get like you or for the S the shuttered venues grant, you get 45% of your 2019 um, revenues. And our grant was give or take about a million dollars. There's well, but you saw in the report for uh, like, cause they're right now they're releasing the overall numbers, like every couple right. of days of what they've given out. DC had, the last time I looked at it, had five venues that had been granted and their total grants were 600,000. Mm. So and between the five, which means you have a lot of really small places that only did 200, 300,000 in 2019, but we're yeah. doing shows on a regular mm -hmm. basis. I mean, yeah. some of these, the jazz clubs, they don't do high volume. Right. Like a lot of those people own those things as like, not, I won't say as project, not, not, what is those? I won't, I want to say passion projects, passion projects. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. They open up as passion. Like I love jazz. So if they break even, that's all they care about. You know right. what I'm saying? But it's like, but their employees don't. Their employees are doing that shit for money. Right. So, man. And it's, it's, but I mean, this industry, you've got it, to be a successful idea. You really need to be, especially in this market, you need to be doing at least two, two and a half, if, ideally more than that. But that's, you know, you're making a profit. Cause like we said, most restaurants are not well run. There's, Right. And there's no such thing as the perfect restaurant, but right. there's some that are really well run versus most that are right. people who don't quite know what they're doing right. and are just doing it's it because they think it, so it would be fun. That's what most people get in. Most people who own the places get into it because they think it's going to be fun, not realizing all the work that goes into it. That's why you see so many of the really small places and you see such a high attrition rate in restaurants. It's not because it, they, uh, necessarily because of luck, it's because they got into it not knowing what they were doing and what to expect. You think that you it's fifty percent profit when really you're lucky at the end of the day to have ten percent because of everything else that goes into it. That's what. Ha! Ah, DC has an uphill battle, baby. Yep. <laughs> Yo, James, thank you so much, bro. Yes, you sir. always know. You, you always know I love you, sweetheart. You always know I love you, press. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ladies Princess. I'm sure I will see you in person again sometime. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, I'll be I'll be um you gonna be down there tomorrow? Or you still not you still can't come out, you still not coming out. Down uh DuPont. Yeah. Come yeah, I can me. come tomorrow. I got nothing to do tomorrow. I can come by. Just uh, shoot me the shoot me the uh the details about it. I've got Done. I'm going to Blair's doing her uh preview for her show on Sunday, so I'm oh, going yeah. to that too. Yeah, so she couldn't, she, I couldn't. She, I wanted her for a show. She couldn't do it. So yeah, I yeah, definitely. So, want. Yeah, she's doing the rehearsal for it Sunday. So I'm going to go to that. So yeah, just shoot me the details because we're like I said, we're not operating this week. I've got to do. I've got a couple meetings tomorrow, and then I'm pretty much free. All right, bet that, ladies and gentlemen, we out of here. James, thank you again, brother. Yes, sir. love y'all, man. Be safe out here. That's why I'm mad with it. Get out the trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab. Get it. That's why I'm mad with it. Get over there, bro. That's why I'm mad with it.